Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Keeping dogs properly and responsibly. That is what we're trying to do. We can't do it anymore. I was so angry listening to him. A hundred euro is all we get, basically, for our baby. Between the job and Christmas, you know, you could slip in a bank holiday in, you know, late November, early December. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Fox 96. Would you take one look out at that morning and did you see that sunrise over our city? Cork, yeah, big ride, What a morning. It's gorgeous out there and that weather is down for the next few days at least, right through the weekend, getting even a little bit warmer, they're telling us, up into Saturday and into Sunday. You might get a shower Sunday. You could even get a lash of a thunderstorm according to one report I saw, but then... Middle start to middle of next week, very nice, very pleasant again. It's great, isn't it? It's fabulous. And we're heading into Radiothon weekend with so many people doing outdoor stuff for us, and they're going to be doing it in glorious weather as the weather gods shine and smile on Cork for the next couple of days. Delighted to see it. This is our last opinion line in normal time. Uh, tomorrow we switch to Radiothon mode with everybody else on the schedule, so it's your last chance today, for a while anyway, to get us talking about anything that's on your mind, anything that's bothering you, anything that's grinding your gears, or something that you think we should be talking about that we're not. We had an email from a mom who just wants to bring her family and kids away for the weekend, seeing as there's such a beautiful weekend ahead, seeing as the forecast is so nice, you have no idea. You will Drop your cup of tea and go, huh? When I tell you how much this mum of three was quoted for one night. One night. One night in a house. Not a hotel now. She said, I'll rent a house for one night. Wait, I'll tell you what she was charged for. For this weekend, for the beautiful weekend that is in it. And we're not talking about a five-star resort. And we're not talking about an exotic international resort either get to it every time we see a new development with regard to bus connects 
the people behind Bus Connect tell us, oh, it'll be fantastic. It'll be great for public transport. It'll be great for the city. It'll be great for the environment. It'll be great for the future. It'll be great for all those things. And the locals say, hang on a second now. It won't be so great for us. There's a row going on in Black Rock, down there by the old reservoir, down by the pitch and put that beautiful if you've ever been inside it, and I practically grew up going in there, we used to slog apples and pears off the trees in there. You get the odd cherry on a nice summer as well. But in there by the old reservoir in, in Black Rock is a beautiful walled garden. And there's been an idea for a long time to make a community garden out of it, a park out of it, a playground, and do something with that big old reservoir structure because it's been empty now for, for years and years. Along comes Bus Connects. And if they get their way, they'll turn it into a flipping car park. So the locals down there, not best pleased at all. On the other side of town, Blackpool residents and businesses, not best pleased. The idea is to introduce a thing called a bus gate. No, I don't fully know what a bus gate is either. According to the description, they are short lengths of standalone bus lanes which are restricted exclusively to buses, taxis and cyclists. Of course the cyclists, of course the cyclists. And emergency vehicles, of course. But it's going along a busy village. It's going along a busy district where there are many businesses and residents will be impacted by it. And not just on the main thoroughfare itself, just off the main thoroughfare. Thomas Dennehy of Dennehy's Seafood is one of those businesses that will be affected if this bus connects for Blackpool goes ahead as planned. Thomas, good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. It's just, uh, I think that it's just not uh, viable, really. Like, I mean, I, I get my fish from Union Hall, uh, West Cork. We're here over 75 years. Uh, I'm here myself, uh, 33 years, and it's a family-run business, and we need access and people need to put up outside your door, uh, buy their fish, and head home with the fish. It's a temperature-controlled product, mm-hmm. so it really needs to, to be uh, refrigerated as soon as possible, you know. And the proposal, as it's on the table in front of you, how will that affect your business? The way it's looking is that there'll be bus gates in Thomas Davis Street and Watergross Road, and there will be no uh, cars able to access that road. Now, we're on Grey William O'Brien Street, uh, so it'll actually mean that this road could become could become very very busy, and really it it will affect us usually. I think you know there's no reason there's no data telling us that the bus is held up in Blackpool or anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's just we really don't know. I mean, there's there's over two thousand two hundred thirty nine submissions against bus gates on paper gone into them. Mm-hmm. And then there's 120 electronic submissions and there's over 1,050 petitions online against bus gates. The argument is we need better public transport for any number of reasons, not just climate change. And if we want more public transport, you you can't, as it were, make an omelette without breaking some eggs. Yeah, I, I understand that, but really, like, I mean, I think the Blackpool, like, and, and the roads and the streets, it's just not viable, really, you know. 
I mean, like, it's, you know, people like, I don't know, people drive and they like to get their uh, product, whether it's fish or whether it's dry cleaning or, mm-hmm. or a bakery. We have, we have a lot of diverse businesses in Blackpool and they're all, there's no multinationals. They're all first, second, third generation businesses. And like, we've come through a lot in the last few years and people just, you know, I, I don't know, I just, people just want to do business and survive and thrive, you know. Somebody else was making the point that there's a lot of elderly people in that area and people whose mobility wouldn't be the greatest. A bus, a bus really isn't the way they're going to travel. No, I, I mean, I have customers here, a lot of elderly customers, and I have first, second, even third generation customers coming into me over the years. And a lot of the elderly people, they just like to pull up outside your door, buy their fish. They're literally here five minutes and they're gone. You know, and even when I'm unloading myself from Union Hall, the boxes are heavy. I have to pull up outside the door and offload the fish. And would that be prevented if the bus gate goes ahead? I think with the volume of traffic we could see on, on Grey Wilmore Bryan Street and the Commons Road, I, I definitely think it, it, would, it wouldn't be viable. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like, by and large, the traffic isn't that busy in Blackpool, really. Since the bypass, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm here all, all day, every day nearly, and it's just, I, I find the traffic is really not that bad, like, you know. You were making the point, Thomas, also that fresh fish coming out of the water at Union Hall in the early hours of the morning, it's on your shelf a few hours later. That's not something you're going to bring on a bus. No, no, people in general, they don't, just don't, like, you know, bring fish on a bus. Like, no, fresh fish doesn't smell like, but I mean, just people don't, I, I'd say 95% of my customers w- would come by car. Like, now I refuse cycling and that, but in general, it's just, it's mainly people with, with, with cars. A lot of my customers are based in Whitechurch, in Ratpeakin, in Carrick Navarre. And there's no bus available for those people, you know. So what are they going so, to do with their bit of fish? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I just really think it, it's just really not viable. And residents and businesses alike are against it. The Bus Connects people, they've said to businesses, tell us what the problem is, tell us what you want us to do, and we will do it. So perhaps this plan could be redrawn. Uh, yes, yes, we're definitely. I mean, I, I do understand that the bus priority is is important. Like, but I mean, uh, and and you know, public transport is is very important to the city. Like, and I know the city council want to cut down on cars, but they have to talk to us, and they have to engage with us. Like, we can't see any data where buses are held up in Blackpool. Mm-hmm. I really don't think they are. You know, Thomas, thank you very much. You're very welcome, PJ. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. That's Thomas Dennehy from Dennehy Seafood in Blackpool. Just one of the businesses who are concerned about what's going to happen if this current Bus Connect plan goes ahead. The, the furniture centre of Legend, uh, they have problems. Brian Barry down there was telling the Echo that there'd be a bus gate right outside the front door. The loading bay could be gone, so how are they supposed to get a bit of furniture in or out of the shop. There's problems for the chemist, problems for the off-license, problems for O'Reilly's garage. It's the Sweetness Hair and Beauty and Laser Clinic people. They're also concerned. It always seems to happen. You bring in this idea, Bus Connects. Here's the plan. It's a pretty line on a map. 
Uh, here's the plan and here's what we're going to do and we're going to have wonderful public transport and that's great. But until the businesses go, <laughs> hang on a second. And particularly the one in Black Rock at the moment. I saw it and my mom actually got a, a press release in the door from Councillor Kieran McCarthy. You'll know it if you know it. Down by the Ballinock Pitch and Put Club there, up near the Silver Quay, there's that walled garden. And in behind that is an old reservoir. Now, that reservoir is long since defunct and drained and all those things. But that's a beautiful garden. And for years, people have wanted to turn it into a private community garden. With Keep it walled, open the gates, put in a playground, you know, look after the trees, have a nice community space, to use that awful word. And do something with the old reservoir. Make something out of it. Do something with it. Along comes Bus Connects, and it seems that they want to turn it into a car park. Tar it all. And turn it into a car park. Yeah. That won't go down well. Let me tell you now. See this news. I'm delighted to see that the old Rocha Stores premises is sold. I am. Because it's there, a great big eyesore since, since Debenham's closed. Don't mention the war. But it only made about 12 million, which was well below the 20 that they were originally looking for. 12 million is a, a steal for that premises if I had it, which I don't. But Elveries are the people who bought it. <laughs> and someone says here with the good news, <laughs> Cork City Centre is going to become the trainer capital of Ireland. <laughs> Love it. That's just the thing, like, look, and Elbury's are welcome. They're a great company. I've bought stuff off Elbury's. My jersey that I'll be wearing on Friday for Jersey Day, I bought in Elbury's. Do you know, so, hey, Elbury's are great, but do we need another sports shop on Patrick Street? Really? By the way, who is Chippy? Who is Chippy? The Roger store, right up the top of that glorious old Rocha Stores building. One of my first ever jobs as a youngster was in Rocha Stores. I love that building. And right up at the top of it, at the dome there, the name has been written, Chippy, in capital letters, C-H-I-P-P-Y. Chippy. If you go, just, if you're at, if you're down there near and able to see it, where the Rocha Stores dome is, the, the dome is kind of greenish, then you have the Rocha Stores underneath it, that beautiful window, and then just up on the left-hand corner of the dome area, you'll see Chippy. Chippy. Who the hell is Chippy? And how did he get up there? Uh, Gary Barlow's after becoming a property developer. That's his new business now. Do you know he's had a couple of businesses? Yeah. He had a, a publishing company. I assume music publishing. He did that new show, Let It Shine. But he also uh, had Organic Wine, which sold over half a million bottles. He had that business where he created uh, pubs for shorter people. Didn't he? Barlow. <laughs> Limited, Gary Barlow Limited. Casey and Ross in the morning. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at no DC cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Corks 96FM. I better do this before I forget. If I forget, I'll never be forgiven. Happy birthday today to my baby sister, to Elmarie. No, not that one. She's not my sister. The other Elmarie. 
is my sister. And it's her birthday today. And I don't know whether you're working or not, kid, but I hope there will be bubbles tonight. I imagine with weather like this, there will be bubbles tonight. Happy birthday. 0818 96 96 96. Now, we got this email in from, I never know whether it's Marie or Mary. doesn't really matter. She's a mum of three. Three smallies. And she said, with the weather looking so nice for the weekend, I thought, well, let's take the kids away for a night, for Saturday. And I just want to know, she said in an email, if your listeners are getting the same experience as me. I want to look at prices for a night away this Saturday with the three smallies. I was looking at booking.com. Firstly, I looked at beach areas in Cork, then in Kerry. I looked at Yall, the Costadale Yall. There was a four-bed house for one night. Looks lovely. Three kids, everyone get a room of their own. Be great, wouldn't it? Four-bed house for one night now. One night. How much? I'll tell you in a second, all right? I then checked Kerry. Fairly standard hotels now. Two-star, maybe three-star. Most of them, €450 to €1,200 for mom, dad and three kids for one night. The house in Yall, they wanted 900 notes for one night in a house in One night now in a house in Yall. Sorry now, she says, this is extortion. It's no wonder that camping and glamping are getting so popular because the hotels, they clearly don't want our custom. Another problem is once you go from two kids to three, you might as well forget about it anyway. It's only all double beds. I could have brought the kids to Spain for those prices. The government needs to start penalising hotels and supermarkets who are robbing people every day now. It's a scandal, says Mary or Marie. In terms of Spain, I took a quick look this morning at Arecife, which is a place I know well. It's the capital of Lanzarote. And there's a hotel there that I know very well. Um, I've never stayed there, but I've had lunch there on day trips and stuff like that. It's a fairly nifty hotel now. It's the Grand Hotel and Spa, which is on the seafront. It's a five-star, four-star definitely, but a five-star if you were to argue for the, the point for it. And I would get, for a week from this Saturday, I would get, for a week, for three people, a suite with three beds in it, three single beds in it, 1,746 for a week compared to 900 for one night in a house in y'all. If I wanted to book just one night, I know I have to get there. I know I have to get there, but don't mind that. For one night this Saturday coming, for three kids, two adults and three kids, we'd have had it for under under 500 in a five-star hotel, not a house. So there's some of the comparisons just done quickly. Paul O'Connell is travel editor with the Irish Independent. Paul, we've talked about this before. They put certain things up against it, like the increased cost of doing business. But there's some extortion going out there, isn't there? Good morning. How are you doing, PJ? I feel like you've set me up there for a fall. Um, I, I look th- th- what you're saying there. I can't deny that's a high price. And and people looking around, we've all heard these anecdotal stories. Last minute, when the weather looks good, 
Dublin for All Ireland final weekend, or if if who I don't know who's playing in town this summer, but Gareth Brooks or Ed Sheeran and all that, and mm. then we get these these sky high rates, and there's undoubtedly some bad apples and some gougers out there, and it you're right in that the cost of going on holidays in Ireland is expensive vis-a-vis other places, uh, you know, like the Canary Islands or like Spain or like the Algarve. And there's no denying that. Um, just the, I, I mean, I feel at a little bit of a loss at this stage because we've had the, the chat so many times, but um, there are things you can do to try and work around the prices. But the other thing I suppose that we need to do just to have a, an informed chat is to look at both sides of the story okay. um, and look at the context. That's why I That's posed the question that way, right, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. So th- I suppose a few, let's say, and I, I, I'm not, I've no sort of interest in defending the industry or defending hotels that are setting high prices. I, I always see myself as kind of stuck as a go between between the punter and then the, the, the people that are running the businesses. And as I'm seeing it, um, the extra one extra pressure, let's let's you mentioned the cost of living and we all know our own bills have gone up and I, I I tweeted a picture of a, a cup of coffee I got as a takeaway recently that cost me three seventy five, and I said, "Oh my God, I'm going to have to rethink my coffee habit." And loads of people sort of said, "Yeah, agreed. That's outrageous. That's a rip off, and so on." But a lot of businesses tweeted me back as well and said, "Look, we're we're having to pay people more. The cost of our insurance has gone up. The cost of the takeaway cups has gone up. The cost of the energy has gone up, and it's just no fun working in hospitality anymore because no people." are all just talking about rip-offs mm. and restaurateurs will try and make a distinction between the businesses they're operating and the cost of food and drink versus hotels who, whose rooms can be fairly static and then hoteliers will tell you that well look don't be putting all of us in the same bunch as the Dublin hotels that go where the, the, the prices skyrocket over the busy weekends and then what the hoteliers in Dublin will say is that don't bother booking last minute. If you want value, do it months in advance and plan. And if you book now for, say, autumn, uh, you'll actually find good value. Mm-hmm. And the final thing I'll say to you, just to sort of put some colour on the whole thing, is that there is an unusual addition, and I'm sure you've spoken about this on your show loads of times this year, in that a fairly high proportion of tourism accommodation is contracted to the state. I yeah. think doing, if I'm doing my sums right, it's about 30% of... Uh, beds countrywide. Now this will vary very much depending on the county and in Donegal it's north of 50%, in Dublin it's somewhere north between 10 and 20%. We see what's going on in Clare, um, there's very, the, ITIC, the Irish Tourism Industry Con- uh, Confederation did a, a piece recently where they went to Lisdoon Varna and the town looks really different because the, there, there are very few tourists staying yeah, there this yeah, year yeah. and one knock-on effect of that and 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 we the, the hotels are providing a humanitarian service but is that the, the there is fewer rooms and that means we are looking for there's less supply and yeah. it all feeds into this conversation so i really sympathize with your listener who found those prices and i've had exactly the same experience when i look to find a place to stay or a coffee to drink but mm-hmm. uh, that's the bigger picture you compared Dublin and say, I mean, one thing that's a real bugbear for me, Paul, this old job brings some privileges with it, one of which is free invitations to go to see the big concerts in Dublin from time to time. It's nice to get it. I don't go because the cost of staying over is just ridiculous when there's a big yeah. artist on in Dublin. But take y'all, okay? 
Um, as far as I know, there's no big match, and as far as I know, there's no big gig in <laughs> y'all this weekend. But nine hundred quid for one house for one night. Like someone's having a laugh, you would think. Yeah, and it sounds it sounds it sounds outrageous. Let me just say before making an outright judgment on that, I'd like to hear what kind of a house is it? Is it is it a one bedroom shanty somewhere, or is it a four or five bed four luxury bed. suite bed. in the? And is it it's the weekend, which probably is it? So you sleep in a family. So what's that per person? What's the luxury spec in it? It sounds expensive. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we're, we're and this is really just to sort of give the other side of the story sure. in the interests of us moving this all on. I wouldn't pay 900 euro. I couldn't afford it for a house for one night. No way. Yeah. Um, but if if the, the luxury spec and the facilities and and all that are right, mm. someone may well be well, prepared well, to say... My, my, wife, my, my wife constantly that. makes this point, Paul, uh, with regard to prices. Yeah. We have this discussion at home. She said... Somebody will pay it. That's why the price is there. If they're charging it, you would have to say the market is probably supporting that. And uh, like no one's going to, pr- to to leave their house empty for the year just to get that one night at 900 euros. So <laughs> you'd have to say maybe it's reflective of the Europe of, of, of sorry of where we're at with prices in the market. And I wonder, is it extreme in y'all? I wonder, is there anything else going on, like a festival or that? I don't, don't know, think there is. Sound. I don't think there is. Yeah. The, uh, the Y'all does have a great schedule for the summer of, of things to do, but I don't think there's anything down there this weekend. That's the Irish market. Your advice has always been, to be fair, and you're correct, and I'll stand up with you on this one. If you book in advance, like if you had decided it was somebody's birthday this weekend and you wanted to do a night away and you wanted to go to Y'all for that night away and you decided on this last September or October, you probably would get that house for half the price or anywhere else yeah. like that. Or, or, or just don't go yeah. to that house. If there you go. Another one at better value. There, there you if, go. If, you, incidentally, you, if you... If you book direct with a hotel, you'll often get a better price, PJ, than yes, if you, you do booking.com. You so will. I often use that to search and then I'll get onto the hotels directly. I have a wee story of my own in that regard, which I might tell another time. But you will. If you book in advance, you will. And yeah. there is there is value out there to be had. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But for a, an immediate last minute night away, and you know the way it is with the, with the weather in yeah. this country, we can't plan. But here we are knowing full well we have a full, few good days of weather ahead of us. We're going to have a go, and that's why people are getting these high prices. Just to move on, next week is the June weekend, and it is the start proper of the holiday season. It's going to be busy. It's going to be very busy, and I, I think it's, it's already places like Italy, Greece, and Portugal for the first four, five months of the year saying they've had record seasons, so busier even than 2019. The bounce back is just extraordinary. Ryanair has its its biggest ever schedule out of Cork, its biggest ever schedule out of Dublin. Mm-hmm. Aer Lingus has its biggest ever transatlantic schedule. It's starting to do sort of relatively obscure routes like Cleveland and Hartford, Connecticut. Um, it, it's just, I, I, it's really taken me by surprise. And this is despite... The rising costs. So yeah. Ryanair's average fare is 10% higher than you. If you will have wanted to fly to London, Luton or Malaga or Faro this year, it's you're going to pay on average 10% more than you did in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it's just ordered 300 new planes. Yeah. And TUI, the, the, the tour operator, 
give you another indication, has said its package holiday prices on average this year are 26% higher than they were in 2019. And they're still heading for a bumper season. So this is, I, I, I mean, on the one hand, I understand we want to have experiences and we want to get back to travel and we were deprived of it for a long time. But it's really interesting to see how we're still prepared to pay those rising prices. Mm. Um, I think it's because, think, Paul, it's because when you get there, you pay, I mean, I'm going to, we're going to Lanzarote yeah. in July and three adults, myself, my wife and my son, three adults. Yes, the flights were more expensive. I'm, I'm out of it for about 1500 quid, but I'm flying at a peak time of the year and, I'd, yeah. and, and that's expensive. But the, it's the cost of living out there. You get more bang it's, for your book. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. You're loving the weather. You're loving the water. You're you're capturing that time together that that only a holiday can provide, and it's just an adrenaline shot when you pay two euro for a beer <laughs> or a glass of wine, mm. or you sit down and you have a croissant and, and an orange juice and a coffee for breakfast in northern Spain, as I did last summer, and the bill came to less than five euro. And and look, if you do the maths and add up everything you're paying for flights and and mm-hmm. uh, and and treats on holiday and shopping and all that, it, I don't know. It may or may not come in cheaper in the round, but just there's that feeling of 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 but not having to worry about what you're spending on the food and on the night out at the pub or on the lunch is mm. just delicious and it's just what we love about holidays and I, I think also we may there is some surveys suggesting and the, the chief of EasyJet said this recently when they were also sharing bumper prices, uh, bumper results on price rises that we may be pulling back on other expenses in our lives so things you might spend money on elsewhere I don't know whether you that it might be the handbag or it might be the night away, like you were describing in y'all at the weekend. But you're ring fencing it and preparing to spend it on summer. And I, yes. I wonder is that mentality still with us? That you know the guaranteed sun, the time away, the fact that we couldn't do it during the pandemic. Yes, it's going to cost a couple of hundred more. But you only live once. Let's go and do it. I, I do still think that's around. Do you feel that? I, I do. I do indeed. As I said, my 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 daughter makes her own way in the world now. My my son still travels with us, but we would meet young families with with younger children and talk, getting talking to them. Unfortunately, even overseas, this blasted voice gives me away if I'm in the wrong place. And <laughs> and you meet you meet Cork people, and they're talking to you, and I say like, what's the draw? And they say the weather that you can guarantee the weather for the fortnight. The fact yeah, that you can come yeah. off the beach, uh, I know it's only, you can walk off the beach parched and get a bottle of beer for two euro. Or yeah. that you can go out at night, and this is the one that gets it, the smallies, okay? The smallies can eat a proper dinner for six quid on the kids' menu. And it's not yeah. nonsense, it's not chicken nuggets and frozen chips. It's it's proper yeah. food, do you know? All those things add up, and for for young families with small children, you're 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 never going. And I know when we stayed at home for two years, when we had two, we had two, and I think so many people spoke to me, Paul, about how brilliant our country is, how beautiful our country is, especially when the sun shines. And in those two summers, it did. But everyone said the same yeah. thing: it's not the same. No, circling back really briefly to what we said earlier, the cost of obviously running a restaurant is a lot higher than it, it would is. be in a lot of these holiday destinations. But let me let me give you a quick couple of tips. If you are going away and you're looking to save money, um, if you're flying from Dublin, book your parking now. The parking oh, is yeah. selling out. 
um, because we don't have those four and a half thousand quick park spaces back yet. So do that. Um, Ryanair has a tool on their website called Fairfinder. It's under the plan tab. And if you have a, a flexibility on your dates mm-hmm. and you don't mind where you go, you can enter a price, say 20 euros, say 50 euros, say 200 euro, okay. and it'll give you a list of flights available at those prices. The other thing I'm seeing, now, and this is not for everyone, but more people talking about house swaps. Um, so sites like homelink.ie or intervachomeexchange.com charge an annual fee, maybe 60, 80, 100 euro, and you become a member and you swap your home with someone in Ireland or overseas. Now, again, so I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be getting the creeps at that. But others <laughs> would go, wow, a free house. <laughs> and all I have to do is give them my place. So I'm just trying to think about workarounds around that. Um, Supermarket points is another idea. I know Mm. Tesco club card vouchers, you can use them to get travel tokens on Irish ferries or Stenaline or even um, uh, Centre Parks. Um, And one other thing, if you're renting a car, I take out an annual car hire excess insurance policy and it costs me 60 quid. Oh. And it means that I don't have to deal with the upsells for excess insurance at the desk. When oh, so you don't have to put the 1500 quid on the credit card? <laughs> yeah, hopefully it wouldn't be that much. I mean, it, car hire will be more expensive than, than 2019 this year because we're still working out the shortage of supply. Hopefully yeah, yeah. it won't be too bad. But look, if you're trying to get a car in July or August, mm. um, you are going to pay premium right. prices. But there's just a few little workarounds okay. that may help. Lastly, Paul, travel insurance. I, I keep banging on about this year in, year out. And you'd be amazed at the number of people who just don't bother. And it is, these days, travel insurance, is, it is cheap as chips. Yeah, I, I, I get the... Make sure there's something called travel disruption cover on it, which yeah. is, is if your flight's cancelled and there's knock-on effects and so on. Um, I pay for my family of four, about 120 a yeah. year. Yeah. You can get lead-in policies for a lot less than that. Um, but you want to check stuff like if you're skiing, is there winter sports cover on it? Yeah. Does someone have a particular medical condition that you need to tell them about? An annual policy is a good idea because you do it and then you don't worry about it for the year and it covers all your trips. About a third of all claims on travel insurance, this was a recent survey by multitrip.com, are made before you even go on holidays. And if you think about it, that's like people get sick, people uh, have accidents, they may be unable to go, they may look to cancel. And if you don't have the insurance and um, and you've booked the holiday yourself particularly, you don't have any clawback on that. Um, and the other thing, we know it'll help you medically if, if, God forbid, that situation arises. But we do have a free card available, the European Health Insurance Card as well, yeah. that will entitle you to free public health care in countries That's like Spain. That's actually brilliant. Um, but it's easier it to it's, it's, it's much easier to get if you have a public service card. A friend of mine is trying to get one at the moment. He doesn't have a public service card. And he asked me, he said, what do they want? DNA samples? <laughs> They, 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 this card, um, I have four of them and, and we renewed it before we went on holidays to Spain last year for a week. And it was, a, we actually, um, it was my wife that needed to go to visit a, a hospital for a, a, something she had. Now, it wasn't serious in the end, but it was, Spanish hospitals are just brilliant. You're yeah. in and out without a queue and the treatment was fab and it didn't cost a penny. She just flashed the card. Yeah. And so look, it's it's just something to have in your, in your arsenal, in your wallet, in your deck as you go on holidays with the travel insurance and, and and PJ last thing if you haven't taken out the passports 
um, or had to, you know, check the dates and the validity yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't want to be do, finding that a week no. or a few days. Well, before there's you go a thing. Away. What is the, I didn't think of that. What, what is the? I know that the, the, the missus renewed hers there about six weeks ago, and the thing was on the mat almost before she closed down the computer. It it really is brilliant online. But the, the, the actual paper application, a simple, a simple adult renewal. Um, and I did this. I renewed my own passport card last week. I sent the application Sunday night, and I had it back in the post on Tuesday. Yeah. About half of them are taking two days, which is extraordinary. The other ha- half, the average they're saying is up to uh, two weeks to allow. But once you get into complex renewals and children's renewals count as complex renewals because they need to verify the guardianship, um, they can take up to three weeks or 15 okay. working days. So if you allow room for error there, you yeah. know, you're already, if you're doing it now, you're already well into yeah. June before you're getting those yeah. back. If you're going on, if you're going on holidays in July, you want to put it in there now, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the kids' passports run out of date after five years, so adults are 10, so sometimes you can forget that. Mm-hmm. And then if, if they need to get back for stuff like supporting documents that you may have forgotten or not filled out properly, that's mm-hmm. where the problems are. They do have last-minute and urgent appointments, but they're on a first-come, first-serve, yeah, and yeah. you have to book them in advance, so I wouldn't be relying on those. Ben. You can give yourself the fright of your life, too, because last year I had to renew the Umphalus passport, which I did, and then I went to check in for our Ryanair flights, and, of course, Ryanair, remember your passport from the last time you travelled, if you look. <laughs> <laughs> and up comes this big, uh-uh, this passport has expired. I nearly oh, wet myself, and then I realised, oh, I must put the new one in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah, you can tie yourself up in knots and then getting to the airport and getting there on time and all the bags and all that. But, like, look, put, focus on that two euro beer in the sun. There you go. There, there you go, Paul. There you go. And you don't have to check your email and you just, you know, you're just yeah. creating and, those memories. And, and the, only thing, the only thing you're reading is books, good fiction. Paul, thank you. Paul O'Keneill, travel editor with the Irish Independent. There is no doubt that there is great value to be had abroad. The truth is there is good value to be had here as well. We found it, the two summers that we had to stay home, we found it. If you search for it, it is out there. But if you want to find something this Saturday night just to bring the kids away because we're a bit of guaranteed weather, you'll be looking. 900 quid for a house in y'all, 450 to 1,200 euro for a hotel room in Kerry. You guys ready? Drive home weekdays from four on Cork's 96 FM. The countdown is on to this year's Giving for Living Radiothon, which on this show means one thing. It's back. We need your help raising as much money as we possibly can for Cork Cancer Services. Get involved in Jersey Day, hold a coffee break, or even a sponsored fast if you're able. Just leave the pizza at home, yeah? I'm currently on a sponsored fast. We had pizza come in for our last day of school today. Oh. Find out more about this year's Giving for Living Radiothon with me every weekday from four. The Big Drive Home. With Nyan Motors, your number one for Kia in Cork. Cork's 96 FM. And yeah, I know you'll always get the pushback from people in the business sector who say, well, the cost of doing business overseas is infinitely less than it is here. I'll buy that one. I'll buy that for a dollar, but I won't buy extortion for a dollar. I know you can justify a bottle of beer for two quid 
in Spain. But I don't see how you can charge 6.20 for a point or 7 quid for a point here. And certainly, when I mean, we had a fellow on the phone here a couple of weeks ago, now a very reputable restaurateur and all of that, trying to justify 90 cents for a scoop of cream and a bit of apple tart. No, I'm drawing the line at that. And always would. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Back to back pool. I mentioned other businesses there unhappy with the Bus Connects plans. Stacey Donovan is at Sweetness Hair and Beauty and Laser Clinic. Stacey, this is problematic for you guys as well as it's written down. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. What's the problem? Uh, well, you know, like, we weren't really kind of informed. Um, like, nobody came in and kind of told us that the roads were going to be shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of just word of mouth. We were kind of talking about it with other businesses on the area. Um, they, they kind of really just put a flyer through the door and slapped a bow on it and said it was going to be amazing until we kind of did a bit of research, really, and was basically like they're going to shut down the roads passing our salon. Is that what's going to happen? That's, well, we're hearing a lot of different stories, uh, mainly that they're going to shut the roads down to any um, cars, like personal vehicles, so it'll only be for buses, taxis and cyclists, which I absolutely think is ridiculous in the first place because there's a lot of businesses on this road that is going to be hugely impacted by it. Yeah. Now, it says that there will be th- those bus gates uh, at the, at only at certain times. But sure, obviously, they're probably going to be at peak times for businesses then yeah. as well. You know, it's still not going to be suitable for us. Yeah. Um, like, as a business, we're here about five years now. We contribute to PRSI, like, um, our, our um, VASH and stuff like that as well. And when you're going to be taking, like, access away from our clients that are trying to get to the salon, it's going to impact our business, like, severely. Yeah. Now, this is a, a proposal. I don't think it's set in stone just yet, but like every proposal, people push back against it. And um, the, Thomas was telling me earlier on from Dennehy's, th- there is a big pushback among local businesses against this. There is. Uh, my sister, as well, she has a Instagram page with um, over a couple of thousand followers, and we did an online petition, and we actually got over a thousand signatures online as well. And they were coming from people like even people in Switzerland and Australia that like know the area. They were even signing the petition to stop it from happening because they know like what kind of an impact it's going to have on the smaller yeah. businesses on this side of the road. Um, now, I don't know how true it is or not, but we were actually told that it was by a guy who designed this layout um, through a VR headset over in California. And this was after coming from a guy that was interviewing us. I've heard that story. I don't know how true it is. I don't, I don't either, but like, I was like, the, the, this is coming from someone that doesn't know our area and yeah. don't know how it's going to severely like impact the traffic as well. Where are you, um, Stacey, sorry, where are you in, in relation to the furniture centre? I, if, I suppose just kind of a few hundred yards up, we're kind of more towards T&A's on okay. the Blackpool oh, Road. Right. And you're on the same yeah. side though, yeah? Yeah, yeah we are, yeah. Because yeah. the, the, the barriers down there, Brian is saying that the, the loading bay outside their door, I mean, what are, you, what are you supposed to do with your new sofa? I know, it's it's crazy. Like, it's really, like, you know, especially after COVID and stuff like that, like, and the hardships that business have had and stuff like that. Like, I know they're doing this to us. It's just absolutely ridiculous, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows we want better public transport. We need more public transport, more buses, more frequently and cheaper. But at the same time, you don't want to be put out of business either. That's it. Like, even for, like, our employees, like, how are they supposed to get to work now, you know, because we have a car park, luckily, out the back here. Like, that would mean that they won't be able to, like, cross the road in the car to get out the back of the park to come to work. Ideally, they could get the buses. Well, that's not suitable for everybody. Not everybody wants to get on a bus. That's true.
you know, in you know, that kind of a way. And like the buses, they run quite frequently here already. Like, I know they're probably saying there's a small few delays, but like, you always look out the window and see the bus passing, you know. And this road isn't, like, always, like, backed up with traffic or anything like that. It's actually relieving traffic from Dublin Hill and the surrounding areas. Yeah. And, like, they're going to try and get everybody up onto the link, which means that, like, around the Blackpool Shopping Centre is going to be, like, bumper to bumper. It's not. These are. I think it's a tomorrow is the deadline for for pushing back against this. The twenty fifth. Yeah, that's correct. No, I have heard as well that it's after moving past stage one and it's now in stage two. Yeah. So like this is um they're they're basically like, everything that we've given to the guys down at the furniture centre because I know that they were sending them all in and fair play from now as well because uh, it was a lot of work but they were actually making doubles of all the copies of the signatures as well to make sure that like if they the people that were sending them to said oh we didn't receive anything where they could say no actually we have a hair doubled up as well you know that kind of a way. Well, Bus Connects have said we will listen to what locals have to say so so you'd hope that they will. I hope so, but like as you know yourself, as well, sometimes they don't listen and they just power ahead anyway and do it. That's true. That's true. Stacey, thank you, Stacey Donovan from Sweetness Hair and Beauty, and Laser Clinic in Blackpool. The people of Blackpool not at all impressed with this. Tomorrow is the deadline. Uh, there's a rake of stuff coming in on costs and prices on Bus Connect, though. They have Bus Connects in Lanzarote. What about that? They do. They do. Yeah. Uh, public transport in any of the Spanish islands, and in Spain itself, is next level. They do it really, really well. There's more of it. It's dirt cheap. Runs almost around the clock. No, you're, you're wrong. You're not wrong. PJ, I had a look there. Uh, Noel says, a boutique hotel in beautiful Estepona for two people, including breakfast, €125 Euro a night, I assume, Noel. I don't know Estepona. I've never been to Estepona, but I know enough people who have been there to say it's lovely. A boutique hotel, which is usually kind of posh ones, you know what I mean? Uh, two people, including breakfast, €125, Euro, says Noel. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion uh, in the sunshine overseas, the cost of eating out, cost of having a drink here. There, look, there's pages of them, pages and pages and pages, and, and everybody can't be exaggerating. You know what I mean? 0818 96 96 96. Like, to a place I fell in love with when I visited there in 2019, and I will go back there one day, Lazenia near Alicante. Baldy, he's gone, lads, he's gone. He was there online too, see if we can get him back again. But uh, let's stay local for now and come back to the issue of eating out and, and drinking out. Not so much from the cost of it, but the fact that the Minister for Housing has said that the outdoor dining facilities in Cork, I suppose elsewhere as well, will be left alone this year by the taxman. There was an... I, I was only in COVID when we started moving outdoor dining or moving dining outdoors that I realised just how stupid 
these rules were. It was 125 quid per table to put a couple of tables outside in the street. I remember going down to the Imperial one time and a fellow there told me that they had two tables outside and when they reopened after the first bout of COVID, somebody wanted 125 quid per table or we'd be putting them all in 120 to 125 quid per table. It was waived then during COVID to allow people to make the most of the outside dining. And we know just how brilliant outside dining and having a drink outside has become in Cork over the last couple of summers. And the next few days will be just fabulous in the city. Claire Nash of Nash 19 joins me. Claire, I never knew, for example, that that ridiculous charge used to be there in the first place. Morning. Yes, good morning. Well, besides the ridiculous charge, there was also the ridiculous ruling that we didn't have the license to put out tables. So, uh, you know, as we all know, Cork City Council facilitated that and we were the first to steal a march and probably here on Princess Street that we... Um, developed outdoor licensed areas that we could subsequently apply for our square footage or table allowance and that down the road we do understand it will be charged for at some stage. Now we have quite a large footprint behind us, all of us. So those that are licensed like um, bars, restaurants, um, wine bars, etc. It's more than welcome. It's part of our um, budgeting now. It's part of our revenue stream. It's part of our plan and Unfortunately, it is really only in the very warm weather. I mean, it was here to stay during COVID mm. simply because we weren't allowed dine inside. But, you know, there's been so many parameters changed and so many movable fees that we are now outdoors. Of course, we are right now magnificent and we have been for the last number of weeks. And I'd say we'll be still on the street until maybe the end of September, beginning of October. So mm-hmm. what we're really interested now with council is, and council waived that, before it was even announced at central government level, PJ. Yes, City fair they did. I remember that very well, already. I do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was amazing. And we were delighted, you know, to see it again this year before it was announced for 2023-24. Um, we're hoping that we will do something extra even again to build on what we have created here in the mm. city. Um, it's not every street suits it. And I think that's where council will be working on this year to decide the allocation of what is suitable and deemed suitable for outdoor dining or for, um, you know, be it parklets or whatever. So the whole city has been reimagined. It Mm. feeds into what they were going to do anyway. And it's just really, really nice to be part of it. There's nowhere you'd prefer to be now today. I mean, I'm here sitting on my roof. It's glorious. And, um, you know, it has really helped us in our recovery. It's also added to the value of coming as a tourist to Cork. Um, you know, if the airport kicked back off now again and we really needed to keep up with other European cities yeah. in that respect. The, the European element of it, Claire, you, you would have to say on a day like this and with the forecast that we have given have been given for the weekend, yes. you could be anywhere. You could. With a pint Whereas and a sandwich sitting out <laughs> in the sun in Cork. You could be yeah. anywhere. And it is glorious oh. when it comes. Yes, it is. Like we yesterday, it was just incredible the amount of tourists that came. Some of them had seen us on TV. Some Germans had seen um, one of those videos that we released right back there at the beginning of COVID, which had been curated or created. And they were just dying to see what we were doing and that it was working. The sense of goodwill from our own, um, you know, from our own shoppers, um, 
business people, etc., in the city for what we're doing is it's great. But also, we've now become that destination of outdoor dining. I mean, we already had the food um, being second to none with all the producers we have. And just the season speaks for itself, PJ. It's just such a nice business to be in right now. You know, we'll face the challenges of the bad weather when they come to. Mm. You, you mentioned the licences and again that's been waived for the summer unless yeah. these things are scrapped completely there's always the danger of them coming back but when people talk about comparing Cork with somewhere else you know you do have yeah. to say to be fair to the businesses that nonsense about 125 euro per table and a licence for your outdoor space those are costs that have to be when they exist that have to be absorbed well, there are costs that have to be absorbed, but I mean, even if you talk about just that, you know, that actual license fee, I mean, that's on the back of your rates. It's on the back of ensuring that square footage that you're going to put those tables yes, on. Yes. Leasing or buying and the those insurance tables. man is a greedy person in Ireland compared uh-huh, to other countries. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, very much so. And then you have all, um, all your licenses that you have to get anyway to trade. Um, you know, it's just another layer, another layer of the onion. And I heard you talking at the beginning of this that the cost of going on holidays or eating out or enjoying what we offer in Ireland, yes, it is very expensive, but the cost of doing business is very expensive. And we're hoping, you know, that we will get a level balance on this and that the value proposition will be improving as we go there. Um, you know, we went from from the you know from the supermarkets price gouging more like we really worry that that would pass down to us with that rhetoric but i mean if you get something beautifully served to you that mm. tastes delicious that you know is a piece of summer that it's from the local area that your waitress is smashing or your waiter you know you'll probably like that's priceless you know you'll pay anything for that so it's just comparing apples to apples really mm. when you go away or when you're here and an art you know our eight tables out in that street they're fairly valuable hot seats now at the minute. Mm. And, you know, thank God we don't have to pay for them yet, let's say. Yeah, there you go. You, you, you would be looking for the guarantee, Claire, that this fee We'd will never come for the out. guarantee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is that a reality? I'm not sure. Sometimes if you get something for nothing... PJ, do you value it? But you see, you're not getting it. Claire, this is where I'm picking up the cudgels. I I spend a lot of time, and I get criticised for it, knocking businesses for high prices. But I will pick the cudgels up on on your behalf because you're paying Mm. taxes, you're paying rates, you're paying that. You're already paying for that space, in my my mind. We are. We are. We are. And this is, you know, Corporate Business Association, which I'm um, chair of, we're, you know, we're always at the table with Cork, with Cork City Council and the other stakeholders on Gardaí, etc., to make those, those to, you know, curtail those licences, to object to them being overpriced or actually not to have to pay them at all. You're dead right. And we will be, we'll be always chipping away at that. But, you know, you, like to provide a service that we do, the cost mm-hmm. of doing that, we already have layers and layers of costs that just to open the door. You have to, you know, turn on the lights. Let's go, you know, put out your seats on the street. Um, But still, you know, we do what we do. It's a passion that we have. We love trading at this time of year in the city. And Cork is very magical. It's, you know, it's, it is a special place. And I will say this, Claire. And again, I'm, 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 I'm never one to to spare the rod and spoil the child. But, (laughs) but, but, but I will say this. There's an old phrase now. I'd be killed for that. But anyway, that. There is value to be had if you go out looking for it. 
there's value to be had to eat out in Cork. There is. Oh, there absolutely is. You know, well, first of all, your choice. You can now eat at any time from eight in the morning until what nine, half nine. You know, there's some of my colleagues open until 10. It depends on what you want to eat. And during COVID, there's no doubt about it. What we were, what we, what, what people were buying and the local markets that people were able to, like all the suppliers were able to bring to market their food back into people's homes. I think that was transformational for um, the local to realise, well, this is very special food we're eating. It's particularly good fish. It's very special meat if you want to pay for it. If you don't, that's fine too. Mm. You know, like there is value there, but it depends on what your parameters are again. On the subject of insurance, Claire, Tom wants to know who checks the insurance company or the insurance policies for those outdoor tables, the council or do they trust the outlet? You have to produce it. Yes, absolutely. So even though the licence fee is waived, you have to renew your licence every year. And there's very strict, very strict criteria around that because that's the last thing we'd want. Is not to oh, so the license, sorry, sorry, I cut a cut. So you, yes, even though there's no the charge for the license, mm-hmm. you still have to go mm-hmm. get your license you and have, have your insurance yes. policy inspected, correct? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, that's what one would expect to, too. You know, I mean, that's proper governance, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, that's what we go through every year. I think it's at the end of the year or maybe the beginning of the year. Mm. Council will be... And, and was the insurance, without, without giving, asking you for a commercial a commercially sensitive figure, was the yes. insurance man licking his lips when he came and it no. wasn't at the cost of your menu? No, I abs- absolutely not. Because what happens is if you're trading outdoors, you possibly have dropped an area indoors. So it would be all on revenue. Um, and projected revenue base that that would be well part of it part of that it part of yeah. that insurance would be and because everyone was trying to get us back back in action over COVID that was reviewed and in fact only yesterday we got our next um, review for our insurance in and we went to market on it which we were instructed to so I mean insurance is a big problem and that's probably a big another conversation yeah but no 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 it's not as competitive not as it lips. should be perhaps. Yes, yes, but no, they were not licking their lips, to be fair. Okay. Bernie says, I just don't agree with the way it's implemented. We all like a coffee outdoors, but right now I see some very iffy tables and chairs. They make navigating Mm -hmm. town difficult. Sitting down isn't the greatest experience either. I don't know that lady's place, so I don't take my comments. Well, I do, Bernie, in fairness. You've got a lovely structure there, Claire. Fair play to you. Um, But I don't, but, but there are, and there would be. There are crowded pavements and a lot of places you just wonder if they took a chance on flinging a table and two chairs out. Well, obviously that'll happen because who is policing it on a daily basis? There's so much to be policed in the city. Um, we work very closely with Cork City Council and there's two departments that um, that deal with outdoor licensing and, and that deal with public realm in the city. Um, you know, we, we've encouraged them that they will take another review on this, that they will look at it for the next, for this season and draw conclusions into it. And I said that it will be suitable for some um, streets. It won't be suitable for other streets because we have to have the mobility piece in order. Yeah. Um, also the whole safety issue. Like there are amazing amount, a huge amount of work done and has been done, but there's lots more to do on that, you yeah. know, to just get that. So someone's suggesting happen. here, Claire Cork, the, the level and the quality of it now for the outdoor dining, Cork could start ma- marketing itself as Ireland's best al fresco location. It was fantastic last year. Cork City yes. was the first place I got sunburned last year eating my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. 
Well done. There you go. Yes. I mean, it is something that should have happened. We had discussed it over the years and, you know, COVID just preempted it for us and it just gave us the tools to just get about it. And, you know, when you spoke about the insurance there, like everybody was willing us to do this and it has worked. But it's to get the next phase of it right for us to improve our offering on the street, for us to make it more sustainable, you know, to have it. You know, perhaps like that we'd be the first street that was um, solar panels would be um, or powered by solar panels would be absolutely amazing. And that would be our next like that's our next area to look at. Very PJ, good. So, because we all just got going. Yeah. David is here making Look, he's making a point. We'll never for, for all the beauty of it. We'll, we'll never be Madrid or anywhere like that. It's it's fantastic. The Alfresco dining. But I would say it can get very cold at night. A few it more. Can heaters mm-hmm. wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't go amiss. And he's right there. Like, we can't get everything, I suppose. No. I mean, like, basically, our climate isn't the same as other European cities. No. So it's not comparing like with like. But when we have a week like this, or when we have those summer months that are lovely and warm, and they're smashing to sit out, and, you know, we don't have that cold damp that you'd have in the winter that Ireland suffers from. And, you know, we also will have to consider, are we going to heat these streets? I mean, is that actually... Uh, you know, build like back into the sustainable piece. Yeah, is that right to be heating those streets yeah. when we have heated footprint behind us? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's for another conversation. It is. It is. No, I think it's. I think it's wonderful. I think yeah. it's one. I, yeah. I think it's wonderful great. to see. Great to see them all open again. Look forward to a few pints in town and a bit of grub over the summer. Uh, thank you very much, Claire, Claire Nash, and good luck with it. And the the, the, the traders now saying that they don't ever want to see those licenses coming back. Well, there is a license, but the charge for it, the charge for it must never come back. And so say all of me, anyway. Whatever about all of you. On the comparisons, though. <laughs> PJ, just back from Salou two weeks ago. Booked through Love Holidays for flights, accommodation. Myself and my wife got five nights in a four-star hotel for 510. This is including the flights... My father was attending a gig in Killarney the same week. The cheapest accommodation he could get was €269 per person per night. Also, I only booked my holiday a week in advance. That's from Michael. Dublin's expensive, says Anthony, but Cork has got away with murder in the last year or so with regard to hotel prices. It's been a very expensive city to stay in. And also, just because it's 800 in Dublin versus 400 in Cork doesn't mean Cork is any sort of value. They're both terrible, gouging prices and practices. Just one has the capital advantage. Just listing there about the lady with three kids looking for the night stay in Yall. This is Mary with her three kids, wants to go away this Saturday. Just a kind of a, it's lovely, let's go away kind of thing. I just wanted to say, I am a single mom taking my three kids to Portugal in October. 850 euro, flights included. You don't say for how long, but I'm assuming a week. Uh, Wow, that's from Amanda. Gary, they're all a disgrace. Gouging, not just a few of them, all of them. Excuses made about overheads. They get paid enough to stay closed during COVID. On centre parks, centre parks can be very expensive, PJ. It's out of our reach anyway. I know people get deals for some off-season weekends, but it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Paul. Now, sorry here, but not every hotel is the same. I have corporate rates for a lot of hotels. We book hundreds of rooms across the country. Our rate is normally about €120 Euro a night. 
the past couple of years, they refuse our rates from May to September, September because they get more money from families. As a business, I was quoted two ninety a night in Cork. I'm moving my business to to B and B from the Airbnb from now on. Two hundred and twenty euro B and B Inchidani Spa Seawater Swimming Pool, outstanding value last weekend. Brilliant. Shop around. The value is there, says Richie. Two nights in the Abbey in Ballyvoney. Oh, that is lovely. It's years since I stayed there, but it's lovely. Two two nights in the Abbey in Ballyvoney. Perfect location for touring. Kerry, family run, and the place was buzzing. Two buses of tourists staying there. It's not five star. There's no pool, but nothing wrong with good, clean facilities, great hospitality, and gorgeous food. And if the screen would stop moving, yeah, two hundred and twenty a night for two adults and two kids. That is that is value. That is. Decent value. PJ's talking about the cost of renting houses for holidays. What about two families renting a four-bed? You have a ball together and it becomes cheaper then. A four-bedroom house is huge to be rattling around in on a holiday. You'd write there, a caller, one of the best holidays we ever did was with friends of ours who we, we go away together quite a lot, but we, we did it in Alcudia a couple of years ago. We took a big house, a house that neither of us could ever have afforded on our own, but we had an absolute ball. 0818 96 96 96 So we're in for a quick coffee my friend and I and asked the price the lady behind the counter said 6.50 we said is that for the coffee and the almond slice she said no that's just for the almond slice a tiny little slice on principle we just worked at what they wanted 6.50 for a slice of almond cake wow now that, now that, that's, that's daft Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's mad. Like, I mean, you'll make a little almond cake, almond, almond cake in your kitchen for a few quid. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. I will come back to the cost of things um, and take another angle on it, the very sobering 
report from Bernardo's, which came out uh, this morning. I'll come back to that a little bit later. But first to the courts. And we covered this Monday with Moraid, who was in court for the sentencing of uh, a young man. He's now uh, 15, a young teenager, and he was sent to Oberstown for a year and a half for the sexual assault of a young woman at Evergreen Street, a brutal assault, in January of 2022. While sentencing him, Judge Catherine Staines at Cork Circuit Criminal Court noted that he had been watching porn since he'd been 11. And before handing down the detention, she said, did Judge Staines, that more rigorous restrictions should be imposed on companies who sell pornographic material. And there must be a way, something done to prevent it being made available to young children. Mary Quilly joins me from the Sexual Violence Centre. Mary, never mind, never, never mind selling it. There's so much out there for free. The minute you put a mobile phone into a child's hand, you're opening them to all sorts, aren't you? Good morning. I, good morning, PJ. I think that's the thing. You're giving them access to everything. Everything that they can't understand, everything that they don't know how to deal with, but everything that they think is exciting or interesting or maybe make them feel the big kind of guy in school because they've access to this. But it's kind of like teaching children sex education through pornography and that basically that's it. And I think any parent who gives a child um, access to a smartphone needs to know this is what's going to happen, that they will be online, that these things, images will jump up at them and that kids will go in. And whatever about the boys looking at it, we're coming across a lot of young girls because, you know, we see over 40s in the centre who are forced to watch this pornography by the boys and the boys are kind of saying to them, this is how you need to behave. You know, and most of the pornography these days compared to 20 years ago is extremely violent. You know, girls are coming in now saying that the guy's trying to strangle them while they're doing something to them because that's what they see online. Mm -hmm. It doesn't excuse the behaviour, but we need to kind of call a halt, really do. I mean, I think what Catherine said the other day is sensible. We Mm -hmm. need to stop it. I know Pornhub, which is the biggest one in the world, a lot of the major credit cards can't be used now for Pornhub because they've come across a lot of women who are trafficked. There's no way of looking at the age of the young girl who's been abused online or for various reasons. People are starting to recognise and do yeah. something. Well, the I thing is, the thing parents, is, Mary, the vast, majority, the vast majority of what's on that one that you mentioned, the vast majority is free. Oh, totally. So, I mean, parents need to watch their children and need to stop giving them these phones, even though I know they'll be uproar and they'd be the worst parent in the world, but they really have to keep looking or else put something on the phone so children can't access this. And I'd ask them to talk to their sons about what they are asking the young girls to do because, you know, this is what they're seeing. They, I'd say, would go ballistic if they thought somebody was asking their sister to act in this way, but doing it to somebody else seems like fair game. It's really serious. Like that young girl... Um, who was left a concussion and she was sexually assaulted. And it was her horror and her shock that was a 13-year-old boy that did it. <clears throat> you know, because it was quite violent. Mm. And a lot of the research would show any sex offender, anybody who is going to act in this kind of way, starts at the age of 13. The research shows that from eight years up, people will look at pornography. And I, I think a lot of children look at it in a way of curiosity and a way of a bit of fear, but then, my God, mm. it gets so violent so quickly. I often wonder, Mary, and look, parents are savvy now. They're much more savvy than than we were, than I was certainly 10, 20 years ago when my kids came into the world. They're more 
savvy now. But are they savvy enough? Do you think, and we're coming into the last weekend of communion season, Mary, and children will be handed smartphones for their Holy Communion. How important is it that parents understand exactly what they're handing to their children? It is majorly important because they are saying to their children, this is how you're going to learn about the world. This is how you're going to learn about relationships. This is how you're going to learn about sex. And this is how you're going to learn about fear because that's what happens to these kids. They just get frightened about what they see. And there's different apps you can put on to monitor what people are watching. And no matter how much the kids kick up, I think you have to do it because children will often say that they're glad the parents said no because they really didn't want to look at something or they did feel afraid, but they didn't want to be out of sync with the gang. But if if they can say, my dad told me not to do this, well, then they won't do it. You know, if there's some way to stop it, they just have to open up and start looking because there's too many parents sitting back and saying, oh, my son wouldn't do this or my daughter wouldn't do this. And they are doing it because they want to be part of it. They are doing it and they are watching it. And you need to really look at what they're watching because I think you'd get a shock. I really think you'd get a shock. Yeah, and I I, I have to say the the initial incident was shocking in itself. But it was, and she, she was left as well 14. as sexual assault, yeah. and she was there for concussion, yeah, and, and in hospital. So it was extremely violent. I'd also like to mention, if I get a chance, about the new legislation this week about images. You know, I mean, I think yes, oh, the ads are running, Mary, and and they're quite impressive. I think the the, the legislation came in about in 2021 about um, Coco's law, where it was against the law to upload images or images where a young girl might have given to a young boy in school because they'll often say, give us a photograph and really pressure you to be part of the gang, give us a photograph. And then, of course, it's showing, shown everywhere. Now, with underage, in reality, that's child pornography. But even older people, for whatever reason, the guy threatens to put this photograph up because when you are close and you are being with someone and you do care about them, chances are, you know, these days you might make a video or you might give photographs or something. So the legislation changed that if somebody even threatens to put that up, it's against the law, which is brilliant, because that really holds people um, stuck and frozen in reporting any kind of assault, because this guy will say, I'll put this up or this up, and that's against the law now, which is brilliant. There's one ad running. It's a scenario where this guy is ringing his parents from a gather station because he had had a row with an ex-girlfriend and he had said, ah, well, I have the video of you. And he said, I would never have, the, 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 the ad goes, I would never have done it. I just said I would. That in itself is now a crime. Absolutely. Because that's what keeps people frozen. The, the threat of there's a photograph out there somewhere and he's going to put it up if I don't do what he wants me to do, no matter what that is. That's the threat. And that's often what holds people stuck. So it is really good that right now people need to know anybody doing that, they're committing a crime. And the guards are taking it seriously. Come back to the child pornography thing. Mary, for a second, if you would, given that we're dealing with such a young offender here that's now gone off to Overstown, but kids who are swapping pictures on their phones, that is, if you are, not only are you breaking this, to, to share a photograph of an underage person is distributing child porn. You can't say that loud enough or often enough. No, you can't. It is. And and the guards could do something about it. And you are committing uh, an enormous crime because it is distributing child pornography. Even if you are a child yourself, correct? 
Even if you are a child, if you have photographs of somebody under 18 and you're distributing child sexual abuse images, no matter what stage they're in, people might think, well, they were fully dressed or was just naked and they weren't doing anything. That is distributing child sexual abuse images. That's child pornography. And that is against the law. Wow. And they really need to know that. Yeah. Even, really even a couple of... Because for, they don't for, get caught. Yeah. Even 14 or 15 <clears throat> or 16-year-olds fooling around with their first experiments. And let's face it, Mary, we all admitted there, and we all accept they're doing that now. And they're probably taking pictures of one another. Kids have rows and arguments and breakups. If they share those pictures, that's child porn. We And it's our job as parents to let them know that. It is. And it's also kind of to let them know the impact it has on the other person who is in the photograph for the rest of their lives. Like before, if there's a photograph passing around it be sure to be wrecked by the time it went through so many hands but right now it's there for life and that yeah, really um, upsets people and they're worried about their future and their children and their grandparents seeing it it's horrific it just reverberates around everything you know so it's about time we just looked at the impact of this and the reasons why we need to look at this material and the reasons why parents won't talk to their children about you know relationships and what's the fear about mm. saying it and then really talking straight yeah. on about um, pornography and, and the violence in it but they need to look at it first because I don't think parents believe how violent it is Yeah and the, the last one to keep coming back to is the old myth Mary and I think you busted it years ago and many like you oh my young fella wouldn't do that. Yes he would Yes, he would. Of course he would. Because, I mean, as you know, we see so many 14-year-olds in the centre and I meet so many people who are telling me they know either daughters and other friends who have been sexually assaulted. And I've yet to meet a mother who said to me, you know, somebody in, in friendship who's in friendship with her son um, would sexually assault somebody. And always say, well, I'm lucky my son and his friends are good boys. They wouldn't do this. Hopefully they wouldn't. But there are boys out there doing it. So we need to own up to that as well. Yeah. All right, Mary, thank you as always. Mary Crilly of the Sexual Violence Centre. That's a particularly shocking case. And parents giving smartphones to kids for communion and confirmation, of course you're going to do it. It's the most brilliant gift you can give a kid. Just be aware of what you're giving them. You're giving them to a gateway to a world you wouldn't want them to see. If you are someone who needs help, and our conversation may have triggered memories for you, or indeed you just want to talk to somebody after hearing it, they have a free phone at Mary's Centre, 1-800-496-496, open Monday to Friday at 9 till 5. And you can text for help to 87 3393 There is a, a very sobering survey has been released this morning by Bernardo's who said that they did this with Amoric Research which is a very reputable company. They said more than a third of parents that they interviewed, 37% had to cut back or have gone without heating in the past six months because of the cost of living. They said that 23% had cut down on their use of electricity any way they could one-fifth had cut back on food in the same period. Nearly 30% had cut back on medical care or gone without medical care or got medical care for their children but not for themselves because they simply couldn't afford it. And you know, if we are planning, as many people are, a holiday, a break, a night away, even a 
you know, dinner out and a few drinks and stuff, we should probably check ourselves and just recognise for a second that, well, we're perfectly entitled to do all that. We worked hard for it and we earned our money and paid our taxes and we're very entitled to do it. We should think for a second of the people who can't. The people, for example, who this survey says are going to bed of an evening at 7 o'clock or when they did the survey were going to bed of an evening at 7 o'clock and turning out all the lights so that they weren't running up an electricity bill for lighting and heating in the evening. Or the kids who had one pair of runners left to try to get them through an entire summer. But there was already holes in the runners, but mom or dad couldn't afford to buy a new pair of runners for the child. And as we, who are lucky enough to have good jobs and good salaries, we and we're able to plan our holidays and plan a night out and plan all those nice things for ourselves, we should be very understanding and, to use that word, cognizant of the fact... Now, we are the lucky ones these days. 0818 96 96 96. Actually, on the subject of costs, particularly that house that Mary was quoted 900 quid for in Yall, of all places, to find an incredibly astute observation on this, the proc. Good morning, lads. I know they listen to the show. Uh, very astute observation there, which I shall read in a minute. A rescue doggy escaped his new owner. Okay, so he was given up by a family. They found him a new home. Yeah. They couldn't keep him for whatever reason. Because he got to his new home and he was like, I'm having none of this. Really? He trekked 65 kilometers and went back to his old family. What? And arrived at the door. But they didn't want... So he knocked on the door, scratched on the door, they opened the door. And they were like, no, we... No, you, we got rid of He was like, I'm back, guys. I'm back. And they're like, we, 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 do, we don't want you. He's probably wagging his little tail. Reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> they kept dropping you no off. No matter how far they went, I walked back from Donegal once. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at Null DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Fox 96 FM. Baldy Barber is in a not-so-sunny Spain. I'm disappointed, Baldy, because I fell in love with Zenia in 2019 and I will go back there one day. You tell me it's raining? Morning. It torrential. Really? Yes. Uh, and we won't see sunshine until Saturday. Yeah, but then you won't. Lo- you, then it won't be gone until September, like so. You're married. That's right. Yeah, but I'll be home on Sunday. <laughs> Are you no, done, you poor old devil? I didn't have a swim yet. Yeah. I went to the Zenia Beach last Saturday. Yeah. And because at Capitana, all the beaches are closed, the beach bars are closed. Capitana closed? All, they're all closed till the, the council things. This has gone on for years, as you know, you heard it before. And uh, they only opened in, in June, and it's, it's, some guys fight with the council. So we have to go, oh, go but you have to go to the That going on with the beach That's bars. Right. When I was there, there was, a, the, the, yeah, we used to go to Capitana. And, yes, yeah. and and the beach bar was fantastic, but the your man was constantly fighting with the council over when he could open and when he couldn't. Is that crack still going on? Yeah, we have to go to Haradada now. Or, um, uh, yeah, yes, we would love to let him Ribera. Yeah. It's a very popular that. area with the Irish. That's why I'm talking about oh, it. Which yeah, is hugely it's popular. Very safe. Yeah, you'd hear more Cork accents than Nelson on the strip, so <laughs> you, you would. would. So I, you would. Into, I went into Lizenia by the hotel on Saturday, and the, the Saturday movie. I got nervous, and I came back out. 
Yeah, wow. And there was only about eight people inside. That's right. That's yeah. all. You know, it's frightening. At the, po- the hotel, is, big hotel down the front. If you're, oh yeah, there's any hotel, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I can tell you, PJ, if if there's anyone coming out, bring their jackets and their jumpers. Oh my God! They're all wearing jackets and jumpers every night. <laughs> yeah, there's a pal of mine, Mark Hosgrove, started a residency over there. Yeah, he's doing fantastic. Yeah. He isn't taking his he's, jacket off. He's up in Rairdon. <laughs> <laughs> he's up in Reardon's. He's doing fantastic. He's brilliant. He's a fabulous entertainer. Oh, he's Mark. very, brilliant. very good. Delighted he's I out there. That. He should have been out there years ago. And delighted oh, from, he but, should have. I but, met him here in February, actually, when he came over for a, for a practice. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but we were chatting. What's, what's oh, he was super. The cost of living when I was out there, Mick, was, was really low in 2019. It's gone up, I think. It has gone up. Uh, when I was saying to you, well, you've got a drop of whiskey from 350 to 5, Jemison. Mm. By the Guinness is... Four ten most places. That's not too bad for a point of Guinness, like. No, it's six quid downtown. Paddy's Point, Randy and Reardon's. They're all Irish bars. Heineken's about four euro. Coors is four euro. Whoa! Co- I was drinking Coors in Paddy's in twenty nineteen, and it was three fifty. That's right. Yeah, they're all gone up now since uh, since February even. But so have the wages gone up here? Have because they? There's, a, there's have, a minimum wage now, isn't there? They're, but they've gone up to eight something. Right. Yeah, so because in the Lizinia group that I'm in there, you know, you can touch your comments. There was a few bars or restaurants where they've been slated for the prices going up. And uh, as I said to me, you have your rent, you have your rates, you have lies, heating insurance, and you have staff to pay. Mm, mm. So one person has said that you must be in business yourself to say you understand these things. Mm. And what? then the person came back and apologised. Yeah, yeah. What about um, what about supermarket prices? Uh, some are very good. Uh, the Mercadona is very good. Uh, what they call it. You, if you shop around like everything else, you will get you will get prices very, very reasonable. Mm. But but you must shop around. Yeah. So like, but when you're here for t- t- 10 days, you just go in and bring your stuff with it and watch, you get what you want yourself. Yeah. But I will say... Like Paddy's Point is still about eighteen euro for for a steak, which is very very good. The food is great there all the time. Yeah, and it know, always and was. Packed, always and I, and was. I don't mind giving him a shameless plug because we were out there for for two weeks and we were in now and they knew us and they were saluting us and they were so good to James. Oh, the staff are brilliant. They were brilliant staff, to James. Absolutely. You know? Same in Rayardens, they're doing food now as well. They have bacon and cabbage on a Thursday, <laughs> which is a great price for about ten or eleven euro. Yeah. Very good. But I saw a steak now last night for forty nine euro called Big Cow, forty nine euro. But the, the, were the horns still on it, Mick? <laughs> <I did. laughs> and, and and the tail, you know. <laughs> but uh, I did see a dessert list last night, six euro. Does no no? I I had this argument with a couple of people a, a few weeks ago. We were discussing this, I, and I think here and away, no matter where you are, dessert, in my humble opinion, is an opportunity. That's to right. make a skull because right. I had a fellow here and look he's a very uh, well known and respected restaurateur and I've no doubt that he oh. is everything he says he was trying to justify 90 cents for a scoop of cream on a bit of apple tart crazy absolutely crazy okay. I mean I, we, we wrote the, the La Ribera yesterday we threw a walk it's about a 7 kilometre walk from uh, La Ribera oh, to Low Pagan fabulous walk fabulous and walk fabulous like being I, I, Mary is being exhausted from walking out <laughs> I thought she was going to do a marathon <laughs> but anyway between the whole thing we came back and we went into Jose Antonio little restaurant uh, tea, coffee and two uh, with Chris Hong's seven mm. euro oh god I mean it's actually that for one at home I know I know but come here I leave you with a laugh a funny one about walking we stayed up by the boulevard 
the, yeah. the year we were out there. We had a fabulous yeah. apartment. But we, we set up, the first afternoon anyway, I set off to find the beach. And as you know, it's not straightforward. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> so, so eventually, having found the beach, paddled to ease our aching feet, had a point and walked back. We got lost again on the way flipping back, right? Yes. 28 kilometres we walked the afternoon. I we in this <laughs> I, well, I, a friend of mine last year, he came over and uh, uh, him and I said, look, where you are, go in a square. Go right. down that bit. I've got a, and he, he he walked about 10 kilometres. He, and he said, what square, Mick? What square? They all have flipping squares. I know. Listen, enjoy your, the rest of your stay. We'll talk soon. Great Baldy Barber, Mick Moriarty who's currently in Lesenia, a beautiful part of the world, very popular with the Irish. Ah, I love this. I don't know who he is. Never heard of this. There's a fella down on the walk between Crosshaven and Carrigaline. According to Rosaline, he's playing the harmonica and the ukulele up on a bike. What? Apart from anything else, he sounds like a stuntman. So he's up on a bike... He's playing the harmonica and the ukulele, entertaining people down on the Crosshaven to Carrigaline Walk. Sure, where else would you get it? Thanks, Rosaline. The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon, supporting Cork Cancer Services, May 25th to 27th. May 25th to 27th. You make me feel. You can host a coffee break, fill a change collector box, or support your favourite sport on Jersey Day. And we're always open to fun new ways to fundraise. So get planning now. Get planning now. The Giving for Living Radiothon, supporting Cork Cancer Services, May 25th to 27th. You make you make me feel. Only on Cork's 96FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. This time tomorrow we will be in full Radiothon mode. Kicks off at 6am with Casey and Ross. Continues right through the day tomorrow and Friday. We will be here, myself and Elmarie Moore and Fergal and Emer behind the glass, doing our Radiothon thing. Here's where you come in. If you've anything planned, an event or a fundraiser, if you're just going to shake a bucket under someone's nose and ask for money, how are you going to do it? Do a karaoke in the park? I don't mind. I don't care what you're going to do. Just if you're going to do something for the Corks 96 FM Giving for Living Radiothon and you haven't told anybody about it yet, tell us. Pop us in a voice message. Pop us in an email. Send us a text message. 083 396 96 Or a WhatsApp voice message or an email to opinion at 96fm.ie and there's nothing better than having a nice successful event boosted because you actually told us about it what would be even better is you know the way people will come back and say we raised several hundred or several thousand and that's great you get a big 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 round of applause from the gang downstairs here right but tell us beforehand tell us beforehand tell us what you're going to do and we'll help you to do it. So 083 396 96 96, 0818 96 96 96, and opinion at 96fm.ie. And mark your email at Radiothon. If it's happening, tell us it's happening. We have a few of them in, all right. Uh, my old pal uh, Tommy Cop sent me a message 
about a coffee break event that is happening at the Immokili Tavern in Mogili at half ten tomorrow morning. They've coffee, tea, raffle, treats, music with Tommy, face pacing, painting, painting, and a dunk tank and all those things. So anything like that, let us know. Here's the maddest story in the papers today. The maddest, has, and strangely enough, the maddest story in the papers today has nothing whatsoever to do with Harry and Meghan, for once. <laughs> Did you see that one yesterday where it seems he now has a very posh hotel room in a very posh club to get away from her? When she gets on his nerves, he gets out and he stays overnight in some hotel that he's got his own suite in. That's how it's been put in the papers. Give over. I'm only having a laugh. This one, though. This fella called Brian Johnson. No, I don't know who he is either. And I never heard of him before today. But he's a multimillionaire. And he reckons he can slow down the aging process using blood transfusions. Okay? He wouldn't be the first one to think that. He's... He's taking his son's blood. Okay? He's taking his son's blood. His son is 17. And he's using his son's blood plasma. Injecting it into himself. His son has goes by the wonderful name of Talmage. God, he'll easily forgive his father for that. Talma Talmage! That's the weirdest name. He's taking his son's blood... And the plasma from it and injecting it into himself to keep himself young. Um, He also has recruited his dad, Richard, to join him in this. So the three of them are swapping blood and plasma to try to keep themselves young. So Talmaj... Talmaj, I'm sorry now, like. Talmaj is given his dad blood or plasma, and dad is subsequently passing it on to granddad when they go on a boys' weekend. <sighs> Brian Johnson claims he has the heart of a 37 year old, he's 45, the heart of a 37 year old, the skin of a 28 year old, and a lung capacity of an 18-year-old. He employs about 30 doctors and a whole team of other people to reboot his body. That's in the sun today. It's the bit that jumps out to me is not what he's doing with the blood and not what he's doing with the plasma and not what he's doing with the three of them going away on boys' weekends and swapping blood and swapping plasma, kind of vampiring and all that kind of nonsense. It's the sun. What? Was he sniffing or drinking that he called his son Talmaj? Like, come on. 0818 96 96 96. We'd love to find out by the end of the day who it is that is playing the ukulele and, and all those things going up and down the, um, the route there between Cork and between Carrigaline and Cross Aim, it would be nice. I mentioned this story yesterday. I've been following it in the paper for a day or two and I heard it on the media at the weekend and I'm very familiar 
with the school and the development of the school. It's the Carrigaline Community Special School, which opened in September 2021. And it's at its full capacity of 48 pupils now. But there's a problem with respite services. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's if you have a child with special needs or additional needs, it can be tough on the whole house, particularly if those needs are profound. It can be tough, it can be difficult, it can be very, very tiring. You might never have an opportunity to get away for a night or just get a day to yourselves. And it can be very hard on a family. And sometimes part of being at a special school, like if you go to Cope Foundation or Enable or any of those places, you can get what's called respite. And that is a chance for the young person to be minded while you take a little break. And it's good for everybody. The problem with the school in Carrigaline, Ashling Hennebury, am I right in this? You're not able to access that service because of who is providing the school. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very well. Is that the sum up of it or is there different? No, you're correct there. So basically, as you said, that um, most schools would fall under our brother's charity, Cope Foundation or Enable Ireland School, which would give him direct access to day support respite and evening respite or overnight respite. Um, but because Cargillane Community Special School falls under a quirky to be school, we are being discriminated with access to these services. It's being run by the Cork Educational Training Board, which doesn't have, I understand, access to those respite services, whereas the Brothers of Charity yeah. and Cope would. Exactly. They have direct access to it, whereas Corky TB don't have no direct access to it. So families are isn't currently in a state of crisis. Um, they're in emergency situations. Um, they just can't access it. Um, we have been told by Anne Rabbit that we're actively being discriminated against because of the providers of the school. But yet, people are in a state of crisis and nothing has been done. Mm. Well, the providers themselves, I was wondering, you can't really accuse the providers of discriminating. They're providing, they don't have respite, respite facilities. No, they don't. Um, it was just announced recently that there are only 27 overnight beds in Cork. Mm. Um, 10 of these overnight beds have been suspended due to staffing. So like they're yeah, down to 17, 17 beds, respite yeah, beds in nothing, Cork alone as of today. Nothing. It's nothing. It's 17 beds so for like the huge The situation community. is worsening because they don't have the staff to provide the service and like autism is not going away. It doesn't stop no. when they turn 18. Do you know? So like like families up at that school are in a state of crisis. Yeah. Like I've often said here, Ashling, how haunted lucky we are with our boy in that he's, you know, he's perfectly happy to come away with us and be with us and go to gigs and go to restaurants. He comes out for a night out with us. Other people don't have that. So they they can't get a night out or they can't get, even some moms can't get an afternoon off to go get their hair cut. No, you're right. And there's a lot of people up in that school. They may be single mothers and they may not have any family to help them provide. So it's 24 hour care. Some families, they're husband or wife may have given up work to stay at home and look after the child and like as you know yourself from experience PJ this is a 24-7 job you can't just shut down at night time and go to sleep there's kids running up awake at night there's other family members to think of as well and it's draining on the family it affects the siblings it affects the parents themselves it affects marriages 
do you know it's just it's just not the child is affecting and like as well pj like these kids are not just been denied respite like they've been denied access to services and everything up in the school like they've no multi-tt in that school um, it's the second year into the school establishing and we had been promised on the 1st of May that there would be a multi-D team up in that school and we'd been promised 0.33 SLT, 0.33 OT and 0.33 psychologist. So in equivalent, that's the equivalent to one full-time therapist up in the school, in a school of 48 students, which isn't a whole lot. So beyond the respite and the children up there not having access to that, they also have no access to a multi-D team. Okay. So now there's, you see, there's, there's, there's more to this when you dig into it. Like the respite is one oh, totally. thing. The respite is one thing. But I do remember this being announced in, with much fanfare, this special school in, in 2021. And I would have been one of the first ones to say, not before time. But you're saying that not only is there no access to respite, but other basic no. services that would be available in other special schools are not available in this one. They don't. No, um, Padraig O'Sullivan brought it up. It was raised on the 18th of April to Anne Rabbit. Um, she raised it to Bernard Gloucester, the CEO, and he made a commitment and it's noted in the Doyle that on the 1st of May, them therapists will be started up at the school. We're now, what are we today? The 24th of May and there's still not one therapist inside that school. And that school is open almost two years now and we'll be going into the third year. There's students up in that school are leaving next year and once they leave, they have no access to nothing. Like post-18 services, we don't even know where they stand with that. Yeah, there's another it's thing. Because once again, it's a Cork ETB school. Yeah. There's no follow-on to cope. Yeah. Because it's a charity, like the normal pathway you would have if you did leave school. Because there's the thing, if you are in cope, brothers the charity or any other one of the schools, that once the young person reaches a given age, we start planning for the next stage. Because breaking news, it doesn't go away. No. You know, and we, I mean, we were, we were extraordinarily lucky with James in that he was in, in Trieste and maybe a year out from the end of Trieste, we, we sat down with Geraldine and the team and said, right, where's he going to go now? You know, there's no and planning for these kids. Be- no, there's no planning. And as you said, like he had sat down with the school and there was future planning. And I feel this is where the problem lies a lot of the time. There's no future planning. So what they've, what they've effectively um, done here is they've just actually they've just opened a building. Exactly, they've opened the building. I think Cork ETB didn't realise that they were taking on like kids with autism and intellectual disability and what goes with autism and intellectual disability. It's not just education. There's mm. a, the sensory side, the speech and language, the OT, yeah, the physio. Yeah. There's so many add-ons that actually go with it. And I don't think they understood that fully. What? Well, well maybe, they, maybe it's not a case of them not understanding it. So they, they've got the building. The building is there, it's very welcome, it's full, but the additional stuff that comes with providing such a school, CETB either, and I stress either, either didn't anticipate it, which I doubt because they're a very astute body of people, don't have access to the additional services that come with such a school. No. Wow. They didn't. I don't think they realised really what did come with autism and children with intellectual disability. Wow. Like there's kids up there that are regressing every day because they need ongoing support with speech and language, OT, psychology, 
behavioural therapist, they need that ongoing support. And some of them, like them kids are two years into the school and there's so many children up there that are regressing already because of this. Now, to no fault of the staffing no, or no, no, anyone no. like no, that I, up there. I, I, I'm very uh, anxious. To, I'm very anxious to say this, Ashley, and to make sure of it. Because I had an experience. Everything here is shaped by personal experience. I, when we were trying to get the lad a secondary school place, I rang around. Uh, and one one man, he said, look, he said, I'll be very straight with you. He says, I have been approached by the department to open a unit of two classes. I haven't the first notion of how to deal yeah. with autistic pupils. I've offered them the space. And I said, thank you for being an honest man. You know, you don't know what you're doing. Now, I don't know whether it went ahead afterwards because we got the place from interest. But, but yeah, it's more, it's so much more than just a space. Yeah, oh, definitely. And like, I feel unfair on the teachers as well because they're doing such a hard job and yeah. the SNAs are fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, there. yeah. But like us as parents, they're expected to be the service provider as well. And they already have enough to be dealing with without taking on board the job of an OT speech and language psychologist. You know, they're trying to play the game with half a deck of cards. They are. And I just feel it's. Since the school is open, I just feel it's one thing after the other. And to have active discrimination going on, our children are being treated as second-class citizens. Um, like, we shouldn't need a debate up in the dial for the government to pay attention to its own citizens. We shouldn't have to come on national radio, go to the national paper, where people are pouring out their stories. We shouldn't have a, min- a minister. Like, Minister Rabbit, in fairness, has been fantastic. And I know has she now? Because th- there's a good point. Somet- sometimes, sometimes we hear the minister doing this and the minister doing that. So what has Anne Rabbit said? I honestly think she is fighting our corner. Like, she really is. Like, she has, I suppose, she has stood up and she put it in front of Bernard Gloucester, who made the commitment. So, like, she is. And we'll see, like, she released, I'm not sure if you've seen the statement this morning she gave to the paper. I didn't see a statement. Like, she is... Yeah, like she's basically stating that we are been actively discriminated against, and I suppose it's like hitting her head off a brick wall. Like nothing has been well, well, done I would about say, the situation. I, well, I would be inclined to say there, Ashling, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure she'd appreciate your kind words. But my pushback against what well, minister you are in charge. Look at your brief. Look yeah. at your spec. Look at your paycheck. You are in charge. Make it happen. Yeah, and I do feel she is pushing it with the HSE, but I feel she probably is like us, beating our head off a brick wall. That you see, here's where I step in again, Ashling, and not with you, but I think, and I'm I'm sorry, but when a minister says they're beating a head against a stone wall, I have well, to. Well, she ask didn't that. say that. I'm saying okay. that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So who's in flipping charge? Is it her? Exactly. Or is it some fella in a in a, in a suit with a clipboard? in the HSE because she's either in charge or she's not and I get very cross with politicians about this you're either in charge or you're not you know yeah, and someone does need to take responsibility for this and stop pushing it from pillar okay. to post all the time I'm, I'm glad I spoke to you Ashling, and I'll keep an eye on this one this Cork Parents Unite you've set up your own group your own Twitter page um, and, and effectively yeah, what I, it is this wonderful idea this fabulous idea for a special school in Carrigaline welcomed all round You've got a space, you've got great staff, but that's where it ends. You've got little or nothing else. Yeah, that's it exactly. And 
like the active discrimination as I said is ongoing it doesn't seem to be sorting the no therapist up in the school and then services post 18 like we have all this brilliant space fantastic capacity but mm-hmm. then it lacks the services badly needed yeah. for kids with autism and an ID. Yeah, trying to play the game with half a deck of cards. Ashling, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That's one I'll stay across. Um, I, the school was very, very welcome, and I'm sure that the Cork ETB is very well intentioned in 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 running the school. But they've got about half of what they need, and the parents are saying, "Oh, fair play to Anne Rabbit." She's pushing. No, she's in charge. It's her job to push for a start. And I've interviewed Anne Rabbit. I got on quite well with her when I interviewed her here in the programme a year or so ago. But it's her job. It's her job to sit in front of Bernard Gloucester or whoever happens to be running the place and say, I want it done and I want it done now. And it's not, I want you to try to do it. It's not... Could you do it, please? It's I want it done, and I want it done now. That's the job for the minister, if you ask me. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Question ten: What chess piece moves first? The pawn. So you actually got nine out of ten. Woohoo! I'm delighted. Then, I know. And then the one that you obviously had doubts about: uh, what chess piece moves first? The correct answer, unfortunately, is pawn. You've just won two thousand euros. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day on Casey and Ross in the morning. Cork's 96 FM. A couple of things. Go back to Mary and the 900 euro that was the price she was quoted for one night in a house in Yall this weekend for herself and, and her family. 900 quid. Now, over on the proc, they have a love-hate relationship with me, and I know that, and love-hate relationship with lots of people. But every so often you get a, a well-thought-out, astute comment. This is from Rebel, who says, for your benefit, page, that private house is possibly put up by owners for stupid money, but they have no expectation to rent it out. If someone is prepared to pay, they move out, bag and baggage, and stay in a hotel themselves. It goes on across West Cork, they actually make a couple of quid on the on the whole thing. They've cleared a few hundred euro and they've had a nice night away for themselves. And they save up and they use it for their, their own summer holiday. I never heard that take on it before, but thanks. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Bill says, just give an example here with the old lighthouse. There was a cottage there. Part of it was sold. And then they end up in the final of House of the Year. It was very high class. People listening now will get the idea that houses in y'all are all 900 euro because of all the publicity. And I think it's very elite. There's plenty of houses at a much lower price. I'm just trying to be constructive. Thank you. I'm not too sure that was the specific one that Mary was looking at. She just said it was the last one she could get. But, but thanks for that, Bill. 
Comparing prices here with prices there, and we had a good old laugh with the Baldy Barber, and you can compare and contrast and compare and contrast. <laughs> Jack sent us a video. Jack is on his holidays at the moment in uh, Marbella. Jack from the Glen. And he sent us a video, not of his dinner, not of his pint, not of the beach, not of the pool. Jack sent us a video. This, I own. Now, look out the window. That's glorious out there. It's 20 degrees outside and it's going to get warmer over the weekend. You need to clean the barbecue and get out and it's going to be lovely. This is Barbea an hour ago. I mean, hello. It's chucking it down there. Cats and dogs in Marbella this morning. That's the rain on the roof. Someone's finding it funny. Anyway, thanks, Jack, from the Glen, who sent us that. (laughs) Premier League Live. What a season it has been. With Trevor and the team, powered by TalkSport, uh, 96fm.ie and on the app. Well, this Sunday is the final day of the Premier League and we're covering all of the action on Premier League Live Manchester City, of course, are champions already. The focus will be on the very tense relegation battle. Uh, Updates from all ten fixtures on Sunday. Particularly watching Everton against Bournemouth, Leicester versus West Ham. That's a must win for Leicester. And Leeds against Spurs. Every goal as it's scored from around the grounds. Premier League Live brought to you by Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Sunday from four on the app or at 96fm.ie. We, Trevor and the team, will be everywhere on Sunday. Was it last week? It was. I was talking to Sergeant Brian McSweeney down at Anglis Street. He's the crime prevention officer about scramblers. And he was pleading with people, really, not to give scrambler bikes as confirmation or communion presents. And they had actually come across at least one incident where a scrambler was seized from a child as young as 10. Now, Ted Tynan, Councillor Ted Tynan, has been agitating about this for... Over a year now, Ted, you brought a motion before the City Council in May. And I think you're very delighted to see this, this action stuff being seized. Morning. Morning, Peter. Yes, um, uh, I believe now the, the parent of that 10-year-old may be uh, several of the summons for allowing a 10-year-old to drive a dangerous machine. Not alone endangering himself, but others as well. But anyway, the people of... Uh, certain areas in Mayfield and even the Glen um, are now fearing the, 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 the fine weather in the summer because these are fair weather guys. They come out <clears throat> in the nice warm sunny weather to speed through greens, playgrounds, housing estates along footpaths. And my motion was uh, quite successful in this in the in regard to the policing of of, of these dangerous machines. And the Guardian Mayfield contacted me about uh, six weeks ago saying that they had successfully uh, dealt with the Garda Commissioner in relation to the contribution of funds to allow them to police the issue. Mm. Um, because as you know, PJ, the Guardian are short numbers and all that. But mm-hmm. with, with, the, with that money coming down in the last few weeks, they were then able to patrol the area 
and these Gardaí patrolling, some in uniform, others maybe not in uniform, and they've now been identifying where the scrambler bikes are being held, are being stored, and they've raided houses and they've seized. The latest figure I have now is seven machines have been seized by the Gardaí in Mayfield. Mm. And they also introduce conditions that if you think you own the scrambler uh, machine that was seized, call to the local guard station, but you have to prove you're the owner of the yes. machine. You have to have a VAT um, registered company receipt and all that and pay up €150. Euro. Now, within the €150 euro is, is preventing from claiming it, I think there's the mm. documentation <clears throat> that is required to to prove ownership. At the time you brought your motion to council, which was uh, a year ago this yeah. month, yeah. Ted, the, a, a woman had been knocked down and, and, and hurt, I think. Yeah, and a baby up in Teller um, earlier this year. Um, oh, no, it would have been late last year. Um, a baby in, in Teller, the bike drove over the baby in the green area. And they were out in, on the lawn, out on the green, in fine weather, as they do, and they spread out their rug and they'd have their games and their little snacks and all that and this young baby was rolled over by a scrambler bike. The baby ended up in hospital. Luckily um, the baby is okay and one of our own workers' party members in, in Taller contacted me at the time about that incident. So oh. it just made me drive that, that prompted you to bring in yeah, your exactly. your motion. When I was talking to Sergeant yeah. McSweeney a week or two ago, I asked him to go through the law for me not only is it illegal to buy one of these things for for a child for a communion or confirmation present, it is illegal to even give them a lend of one. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally illegal. I didn't know that. Do you and, think? And do you think most people would know that, Ted? I don't think so because no, I've been telling people that there was um, legislation going through the dial. I think it took about a year and a half for it to surface. Eventually, I think it was be would have been about last November, October, November, it eventually surfaced in the dial and was passed. Um, and I suppose it, it had to go to the Shannon as well. But that is no law, PJ, and I welcome it fully. And again, I want to repeat that the, the Gardaí in Mayfield, and one Gardaí in particular, he may not want me to mention his name now, but um, one Gardaí in particular has been excellent. Mm. He's kept in almost daily contact with me for the last number of weeks. Yeah. Is there a community me. guard on the beat up there at the moment, Ted? Yeah, yeah. there are yes. two guardy patrolling the areas now that hasn't been patrolled in many, many years. So, Good. And the people of the area are absolutely thrilled with this. The, I've got phone calls, I've been stopped on the street. And one guy, just to quote him, he's living in Glenham Island. He says life is bliss for the last two weeks. Because there's it, a guard there. And the Gardaí are around, and the scramblers are gone. Very so, good, very good. Although I got a call about an hour ago that the scramblers are now down in the Glen Park, and I'd be passing that on to the Gardaí, you know, when they come off the phone, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But again, the, I must say a huge thanks like, to the Gardaí. They've been excellent on this matter right. now, and I let's hope that there's funding, will, extra funding will come down, yeah. and no, there's other areas being affected too, so they can spread out their project now and, and act with a heavy hand. Be- because, in, in fairness, again, to Sergeant McSweeney, he said to me, it's not just Mayfield, it's not just the Glen. These, right. thing, these yeah. things are all over the place. There's another one, Ted, which may have come across your radar. I don't think we've had 
any serious accidents yet with regards to scooters in Cork, although I did speak with John, who was knocked down by one last year. But did you see the, the fatality? There was a fatality in Derry in the last week. I heard about that, though. I didn't actually see it on a paper or anything, but somebody told me that, that there was a fatality in Derry or somewhere in Northern Ireland. It was Derry, yeah, it was Derry. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I've, I've seen them flying along Oliver Plunkett Street, the pedestrianised area. I've seen them going over Parnell Bridge, zigzagging through the junctions, through traffic. It's crazy. Wrong way. Wrong, wrong. The one-way system doesn't, uh, doesn't bother them at all, PJ. They, they can go up and down a one-way street the opposite way. And they seem to be oblivious of the dangers they're putting themselves in as well. And indeed, the, the dangers facing other people. Well, well, well I've, come, I've yeah. come across... I park on, on Patrick's Hill for as long as I can anyway. Yeah. Someone seems to try to do away with that now as well for me. Yeah. But, but um, when I'm getting out of my car in the morning, or moreover, when I'm reversing my car out... Uh, in the afternoons I'm watching not for the guy coming down the hill the right way yeah. but for the plonker on the scooter coming up the wrong way that's right you have to look ahead and behind you left and right just to be safe you know and it's it's crazy it's crazy and now they're illegal too something serious is, is going it's to happen a, I think it's then. about time uh, yeah. Ted and I'll say it here would you agree with me and the great work being done by the guards in Mayfield and they had to get resources to do it yeah. and we know the guards are under-resourced across the city. Yeah. We don't need yeah. anyone to tell us that. Wouldn't it be great if some of these fellas taking their scooters the wrong way down uh, down a street, on a one-way street or up along a pavement or down the middle yeah. of petitionized areas, wouldn't it be great if a few of them scooters were fired into the back of a guard of van? Exactly. I agree 100%. You have no right to drive a, a mechanised machine with and to show total disregard, particularly to pedestrians. Good man. You know, and as well as uh, as well as the driver of them, but the pedestrians. There's elderly people walking along, and I've met them on Albert Plunkett Street and all that, and they're walking along, and enjoying the atmosphere out in the middle of the road. And these guys are whizzing past, you know, either against them or from behind. Yeah. If you must it's, take them out, take them out and obey the rules of the road like the rest of us have to. Ted, thank you. Just confirm that, by the way. We can confirm it. This was from, actually, Belfast. Sorry, not Derry. Oh, East right, Belfast. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a man called Eddie Jackson. He was 46. He was on the Knock Road, East Belfast, uh, involved in a crash with a car, taken to hospital, but died from his injuries. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. a sad story from the north of a, a death of a scooterist. That's what they are known as now. I've, look, they're out there. They're, they're handy. If you use them skillfully and use them well, the blessings of God to you. They will eventually be legal on the roads. I just wish I had it again this morning as I was coming out of my car to walk up here from work or to work about half a seven or thereabouts and let the van go. I was going down. But then your man comes cruising up on the scooter going the wrong way. Would she stop? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Mags says, lovely to hear the guy the been given credit where it's due when so often people are quick to criticise. Great show. Thank you, Mags. Uh, from a Gartha family, of course, a proud Gartha wife is Mags. And credit always where it's due, Mags. Always. I would love to see, I would love to see a few of those scooters being lifted out of the hands of the scooterists and flung into the back of a van because they were coming up a hill the wrong way. I really would. 
I'd probably be in so much trouble, but I really would. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. So we shut down at midday today and we go into Radiothon mode for the next two days. So I want to get some business off the table before we do that. I'll be with you next, Juliana, and thanks for holding on for me. But Dermot, first of all, you had a quick point about spending money on boats for the Navy. Morning. Hi, this is Dermot. Yes, Dermot. What did you want to say about boats for the Navy? Well, it's all part of the fact that Ireland on the February the 23rd, the cabinet declared war on Russia uh, without telling us. They Sorry, know exactly what? Ireland declared war on Russia. How? Well, very I don't simple. remember that one. I must have missed that memo. Uh, they, they're very good in the in the, um, in the doll at not telling you uh, the information. As Maya would say, well, economics is the uh, system whereby you find out where you went wrong when it's too late. Yeah, but what? How did they declare war on Russia? <laughs> Very simple. Uh, August um, 2022, uh, the Russians said, if we train any Ukrainian soldiers for anything, and I mean the word anything, that is a declaration of war. That's Russia's opinion. That's not not a declaration of war. That's Russia's Um, opinion. (laughs) Um, Let me explain something to you. The the Americans did the exact same thing in uh, 1935. They sanctioned uh, Japan, and in yeah, that's that's that. But that is, with all due respect, that's Asian history. Why did why did no no no? It's it's very important in the Asian culture. uh, uh, Sanctions are a declaration of war. Okay, well we're not Asian. See, yeah. So it's the same thing. You see, you can say this is your opinion. The first you'll know about it, unless they go and do something clever like put all the Cork population into the Jack Lynch tunnels to protect them from the missiles, six of these Khazar, what are called the dagger missiles, would destroy the entire centre of Cork. The the point you were trying to, I hope, the point I was expecting you to make was to do with naval vessels. Yeah, we we have no crew to crew the ships. At the moment, you need uh, it's a 22-man crew, and you need something like a hundred crew because they've got to rotate in, rotate out, get trained, and various yeah, yeah. other things. Uh, we don't have that 200 crew for these new ships. Now, these two ships are basically river; uh, they're just for the rivers. They're they're no use in the Atlantic. In fact, they're hardly any use in the Irish Sea. Yeah, I'm you know. sure the Navy know what they're doing when they go buying buying ships, dear. But uh, you know, I mean, they. they they do, kind of, you know. Look, I talked to naval people that told me it's a river boat. <laughs> the okay. two boats we bought for $26 million are river boats. Okay, okay. Okay, listen, I, I mean, your point is valid, though. We're very short on personnel. Uh, your opinion on the boats, I'm not qualified to agree or disagree with you. And certainly, I... I I know where you get the idea of packing us all into the Jack Lynch Tunnel to duck bombs, because, dear me, thanks. Anyway, all contributions are gratefully accepted. Juliana... There's a thing called triple lock, which very few of us understood until it was explained to us properly a week or two ago. And that is, if we want to send anything more than 12 soldiers out of the country, like we did when we sent 12 rangers to Sudan recently, we could only send 12 because of triple lock. Now that might be reduced to double lock, and you're worried there. Yes, 
Um, the triple lock is for overseas missions by the Irish Army. And yeah. the triple lock is that we need the permission of the government, the Dáil and the United Nations to yes. send Irish Army personnel abroad. And yes. that's because they engage in peacekeeping, force, in peacekeeping work all the time yes. and not in war. Yes. So now the government decided, it was announced at eight minutes past nine on the news on Sunday last... Uh, uh, and it hasn't been carried on the newspapers that the government have got rid of the United well, Nations as part of that triple Well, lock. Well, I understand from what I'm reading here that the, the the Green Party has said that they're prepared to reduce it to a double lock, which would allow the government... But the idea is, wasn't it a bit daft, Juliana, that when we needed to get Irish people out of Sudan in a hurry, we could only send 12 of our best over there? Well, all I can say to you, PJ, is that the United Nations is the best thing that we have for peacekeeping and that if there are problems with the United Nations, we need to work on that. We need yeah. to de-escalate war. War destroys people. It destroys sure countries. It does. It creates sure it does. And, and, and that is a concern. And, uh, and a lot of it is about the economic resources. For instance, all the aid that is going to Ukraine in weapons will have to be paid back. So they will be indebted for years, yeah. all their mineral and grain resources. Yeah. So that is what war is about. And the big, the big blocks such as Europe, Russia... America, China. I know, I know, but let's let's keep it to where we are. The the reason that they want to go easy on the triple lock sometimes is you you can send more Rangers than twelve out to rescue people, which surely surely no one would disagree with that, would they? I think I think the United Nations have done an awful lot of work in Lebanon. Their role is peacekeeping. Their role is to go to conflict yeah, but Julian, you and my point. de-escalate situations. Yeah, but to get our people out of an emergency situation, we can only send 12 rangers over. If you have a specific um, situation, I, do, I don't know the specifics of the situation. And but I that was the specific of the situation. If I knew about it. Yeah, yeah. But I know a lot about how the, how the um, peacekeeping works. Oh yeah, and that you do need you do need to um, not like where where people. Uh, You're worried about our neutrality, Judy, Anna, and yes. you, you you think that we're being prepared to enter a war. You wouldn't be the only one to think that. Yes, what about like the British Army go into schools in Britain and they attract fifteen-year-old boys into with with they have advertisements. Well, every army in the world canoeing down like. rivers. Well, you get boys, you get young boys, you lure them into the army to go out and kill people. Well, that's no, we bring them into the army to make soldiers out of them. Like, that's that... Every every naval service and every army in the world recruits young people. That's that's. We are no. a neutral country. We should be about helping people to talk to people. So should we not have an army? Talk to warring. We should be about talking people to... to we should but, talk but, to... Yeah, Our army yeah, is sh- useful for peacekeeping. Yes, but we need to, we need young people to join us. So we need to recruit them into it. So, the, Juliana, I'd love to have a longer conversation. Maybe we will on another day. But the clock has caught me. That was going down several roads. I'd love to have gone down more. We can do it after Radiothon. But for now, a shout out, please, to the kids and leaders of Blackpool Youth Club running a coffee evening tonight from seven to nine at the Blackpool Community Centre in aid of the Radiothon and in memory of our former chairpersons. Thank you, Blackpool Youth Club. Ger uh, and Dave was our former... Oh, t- I read that a bit wrong, but you know what it is. You know what it is. Right, that is it. That is it. Programme edited by Imra Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We are in Radiothon mode when we're back in the morning just after nine.
Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818-969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.